You know, sometimes, Scott, we get inundated with letters to the editor about one topic. Right now, it's the F-35 coming to Madison. The Pentagon picked Madison's Air National Guard base at Truex Field in Madison as the home for 18 F-35 fighter jets last year. But the final, final decision isn't coming until February, and the military just released an environmental report that suggests these supersonic jets will be loud and could affect more homeowners who live by the airport than the F-16 fighter jets affect people now. People sure have opinions about those F-35s, don't they? They sure do, and we've been meeting with both proponents and opponents who either want the F-35s or don't. Our news desk also has been doing like a slew of coverage on this topic. And another big story is supposed to come out in Sunday's newspaper. What a lot of this debate seems to be coming down to is the volume of the new planes. And are they going to be a lot louder than the current planes that we've had for something like 28 years, the F-16s? And it just so happens we have a recording of both of them, Phil. Ooh, can we listen to those, Scott? Yeah, we will give you, Phil, and listeners of our podcast a blind sound test on today's Center Stage, the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics. I'm Scott Milford. I'm the editorial page editor for the State Journal. And I'm Phil Hands. I'm the editorial cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. And we are half of the State Journal editorial board. The better-looking half. Here's the first sound. I'm going to quiz you on which is which. That is absolutely the most obnoxious, horrible sound I've ever heard in my entire life. Unfit for human habitation when you listen to this sound. It's the worst. Okay, here's the second sound. like as quiet as a mouse. I barely okay. heard that at all. I mean, that's clearly that first one is so much louder and it's going to be so much worse. All right. For those of you who don't know Phil Hands, he is employing sarcasm there. I'm not an aviation expert, <laughs> but they sound pretty similar to me. Pretty similar. When you and I listened to the entire tape, and by the way, this was done by the Idaho Statesman newspaper. Uh, when you listen to the longer tape, and you can do that by going to madison.com, just punch into your device, go.madison.com slash jet test, one word. My initial reaction was, it sounded to me like the F-35 was actually a little quieter at first. Maybe that's because the afterburners weren't on. The F-35s don't need to use afterburners the way that the F-16s do now. Your reaction was a little different. Well, it seems quieter to start with, and then maybe maybe the F-35s is a little bit louder. Right when you hear the jets going past you. Yeah. But it's hard to say. Jets yeah. are loud. Military jets are loud. I'm not sure if this one's significantly louder than the other one. We're also listening on a computer. I mean, that's not the same as being right there in person. But the Dutch military did a study of the sound produced by both the F-35 and the F-16. That study determined that the noise of the F-35 peaks at around 109 decibels. 
that's actually less than the F-16, which peaked at 112 decibels. The Dutch Military and Aeronautics Center also did a survey of 1,500 households near two Dutch air bases, and they had 14 F-35s go over some in the morning and some in the evening, and then another 14 F-16s went over in the morning and the evening. The locals who were surveyed said the difference between the two was minor. In fact, they thought that the F-35 was less noisy than the high-pitched whine produced by the F-16. Fighter Wing has brought some benefits to the community, and there's, there's a lot of, at the national level, some bipartisan support for basing these planes. That includes the entire Wisconsin congressional delegation, Tammy Baldwin, Mark Pocan, as well as senators like Bernie Sanders in Vermont, whose state is also getting some F-35s. But uh, we've had a lot of local opposition to these fighter jets in Madison. That's right. A lot of it jumping off of this brand new environmental impact statement. There's just a draft impact statement that was done that had some pretty startling numbers in it, I would think, for most of the community. The study by an independent engineering firm suggested that more than 1,000 homes near the Dane County Regional Airport, where Truex Field is located, could be subjected to higher daily noise averages. It also suggested that some homes would be incompatible with residential living and would need some soundproofing. Here's just a sampling of some of the concerns at a city meeting last week. We'll call to order the meeting of the Common Council on Tuesday, September 17th. The IS report clearly states that the Madison has the most people affected, and these I feel these jets belong in areas where fewer people are affected. There are kids in my neighborhood, lots of kids, wonderful kids, and we heard gunfire two weeks ago going into the side of one of the apartment buildings. And these kids live with trauma every day. We don't need this loud noise to make it worse. It does matter. Another important issue is that the EIS concludes that Truex Field and the county airport are surrounded by poverty and families of color who will receive the greatest impacts. The people of my community are asking you, are begging you, please take a strong stand against this proposal. So this is an emotional issue. It's a very real issue for the people who are closest to the airport. I wouldn't want to diminish that. On the other hand, the F-16 jets have been flying in these same areas for the past 28-some years. Well, there have been fighter jets based at Truex Field for a long time. Yeah. I had a guy on the phone talking to me about the, the 201s or something like that that he used to work <laughs> on 30 years ago at Truax Field. I would say generally speaking, Madison, at least since I've been here, since I came down to Madison to go to uh, UW-Madison in 1987. Good Ancient Lord, Scott. times. So were you born in 1987? <laughs> I, was, I was a solid six years old. So you probably were drawing cartoons. Since then, I would say that the city's had a pretty friendly relationship with the base. Madison's generally been accustomed to these jet airplanes taking off and landing usually once in the late morning and then once in the afternoon. And the takeoff and the landing is sort of the loudest part of the, the takeoff especially is the loudest part of these jets presence in Madison. Yeah and part of why they're here is because they'll go up and do training. Uh, supposedly we have really high quality airspace. We have the best airspace. <laughs> I think of airspace as the same but the military doesn't because we have a lot of rural area between here and Volk Field, which is way up by Camp Douglas. And then also there's a refueling wing over in Milwaukee. 
Yeah, so they can go up. So the, the, they can go up there and train at the airspace and refuel in the air because we have a refueling wing here in Milwaukee. And after 9-11, for example, the fighter jets here in Madison, we are told they can get from Madison to Chicago in seven minutes. Yeah. That's a pretty short commute. Yeah, that's a short commute. <laughs> but they immediately went to Chicago to protect the skies over Chicago since there is a tall building. I still call it the Sears Tower in Chicago. It's now the Willis, Willis Tower. Tower. Yeah. There's two pilots ready to get in the air in a couple of minutes at any time. If there's some air issues yeah. uh, anywhere pretty much in the Midwest... And seven times our fighter jets here have gone overseas for missions that have lasted for more than three months. But the environmental report suggested that after the F-35s arrive, the average noise level in neighborhoods around the airport would increase by 47%. And then after the F-16s were phased out, the average 24-hour noise level would still be 27% higher. But the National Guard addressed that at the meeting last week. This is Lieutenant Colonel Charles Merrick. He said the 7,190 annual flight operations assumed in the report are essentially a worst-case scenario, and it's not going to be anything close to that. That number is at least 47% higher than we currently fly. This calculation was used to indicate the maximum potential impact that the fighter wing could have on the community. The steady state number of F-35 operations would likely be reduced by best practices such as off-station flying, which is annually at 20%, the use of airborne refueling, which reduces the number of takeoffs and landings required, the use of high-fidelity simulators in lieu of flying, and the assumption of the Homeland Defense mission by the 115th Fighter Wing once we become mission-capable with the F-35. If selected for the F-35, we would have the same number of aircraft, a similar number of maintainers, and possibly only one more pilot than we currently have. Therefore, the resources to achieve a significant increase in the annual number of flights is not there. We feel the steady state amount of flying would be very similar to what we do with the F-16. There's a narrative circulating that the F-35 is four times louder than the F-16. Based on my research on noise and decibel levels of various fighters, I believe the change in volume from the F-16 to the F-35 will be less than three decibels in most locations, undetectable to most people. There are benefits to having the Air National Guard base here. The military operations at Truex Field employ about 450 people, and then there's about 700 National Guard members. A lot of them are citizen soldiers, so uh -huh. they, they, will, they, they work in the community, and then they also do training or work at the base part-time. The base delivers $100 million in annual economic impact to the region. It also provides the fire service for the airport, which saves the county millions of dollars. Yeah, we get some free stuff from the federal government, which we all pay taxes towards, but we're getting our little cut of the, uh, the federal government pie here a little bit. The Madison Chamber of Commerce has contended that by landing the F-35, so to speak, we will ensure that Truex Field stays in Madison for generations to come. Uh, some people say it's going to stay here no matter what, uh, but that's not what the Secretary of the Air Force told Vermont senators when they asked that question about their base at a congressional hearing. The United States Air Force has gone since 1991. We've gone from 134 fighter squadrons down to only 56. And there are now states that do not have flying missions. If the F-35s don't go to Vermont, the F-16s would eventually age out, and it's highly likely that Vermont would no longer have a flying mission for its guard. That was testimony from last year. 
Burlington, Vermont, did just get its F-35s this week. We had a story about that on the front page of Friday's newspaper, and our news desk is going to be exploring the Burlington experience further as we move forward. The secretary's testimony there suggests that Madison is securing its Truex base by landing the F-35 to replace the F-16s. Our State Journal editorial board has endorsed welcoming the F-35 to Madison for a couple years now, and the environmental report that just came out hasn't changed our mind. It showed that there will be no significant impact on air quality or soil quality or water quality here. The same goes for wildlife and vegetation. And when it comes to noise, I think the evidence shows that this plane is going to be very similar in volume to the plane it's replacing Uh, so long as there aren't a lot more of them taking off and landing. And as we heard, Colonel Merkel said that's not going to happen. There's been a lot of noise by the airport for a long time. This is is an ongoing story. And more than 80% of the noise over by the airport is commercial traffic, not military traffic. But when it comes to the F-16s now, they will typically go up mid-morning, and it's loud up in the air, one, two, three, four, you know, in a row. Four, four planes will take off right in a row. So that you get it all over with. Yeah. And then they'll land about 90 minutes later, which is still can be loud, but it's not as loud as yeah. when they're taking off. And then they do the same thing in the afternoon. So there are these four moments that aren't very long during the day in Madison when these jets are really loud. Yeah. The question is... Is there going to be another jet, like maybe a fifth one going up every time? So and then that, you're not going to even notice that, And you right? won't even notice it? Or are they going to do like a third round of planes going up? And that would be bad, I would think, for the area. I would like, think people that, would notice that. If suddenly it's not just late morning, afternoon, it's also early evening, yeah. But Colonel Markle's comments suggest that's not going to happen. I think a little more clarity from the Air Force before February would be good on that point. One of the interesting things about this is that the Air Force, you know, they're doing this study. They're in charge of the plane, but it's our local Air National Guard wing, the 115th, Mm -hmm. that kind of operates here. And so they might make some determinations like, oh, you know what? We're going to get these jets up in the air all really fast in a row. What I find sort of ironic is if there's a takeoff in the morning, and they land again 90 minutes later. And, they, and there's takeoff in the afternoon, and they land minutes later. Maybe there's 10 planes that take off over the course of a day. And that's, there's, two, there's four big events that are, that are uh, noisy and obnoxious. But if they spread that out, like every 15 minutes we had one plane taking off, that would be horrible, right? Right, but and I'm would, sure they won't do that. They won't do that, but that wouldn't do anything to affect the average daily noise that, of, the, of the sound contour. There would be no difference in those maps but people would be way more annoyed if they're periodically taking off as opposed to if they went one after the other. Yeah. So those maps are not an end-all, are they? And one of the things the maps are used for is who qualifies for federal subsidies for sound mitigation. Mm-hmm. You know, So that's one of the big things the maps are used for is that if you're in this mapped area and, the, and our, airport, our airport can then apply and say, hey, we have these people who need to have their – who are in – who are in areas where it's too loud and we need to mitigate the sound and we need to pay for soundproofing in their in their homes. And presumably, once the planes are here, we can test the sound and the airport can request federal aid for soundproofing and we'll get some. 
And whether we do or not, I would think that the Madison community will try to ease the sound if there are, in fact, people who have an untenable situation that didn't exist before. But it's not just the noise if you talk to critics. There are some people who think that this is the military-industrial complex. Oh, the embodiment of it, right? Yes. Yeah. That um, This jet costs, like, they're—, they're they're almost a hundred million each. Okay, and there's been a lot of press on how they've cost so much, and they've had issues. And is this a boondoggle? Are they effective? Which, hey, I think we spend too much on the military. At the same time, I think we need to have effective weaponry to protect ourselves, and uh, certainly fighter jets are a key to doing that. But. To me, regardless of whether the planes were done efficiently in terms of our using our resources and money, they're here. They're going to have to go somewhere. Yeah. So they might as well come here. Because we get to recoup a little bit of the tax dollars we ship to D.C. Mm-hmm. to pay for these planes if they're based here, and then we get some of the benefits of having them here. And Wisconsin is often one of those states that does not recoup as much from the federal government as it sends compared to other states. Maybe your next editorial would be like, you know, let Madison cut its, get its slice of the military-industrial complex pie. <laughs> I don't find that very compelling that if these jets are wasteful, then that means we shouldn't have them. It's not like they're going to stop productions of the F-35 because Madison raised a stink and doesn't want the, the planes flying in out of their airport. Other people are concerned about lower income people and people of color will be disproportionately affected by the noise at the airport. Yes. And the noise from the F-35s, which is true. It's true, yes. Um, But it's also true that they currently are. Oh, absolutely. By the F-16s. And that kind of gets back to our intro is it's not like we're going from not having an air base to suddenly having one. We have one right now. And who's most effective by the noise by the airport? The people who live by the airport. And who lives by the airport? It tends to be people who don't have as much money because it costs less to live at the airport because living by the airport is less desirable. Yes. And so the housing is more affordable. It might not be a nice thing to say. I think it's true. The airport has created more affordable housing than just about anything city government has ever done. Now it's loud, but it's also affordable. And as we said on a past podcast agreeing with Mayor Sacha Rhodes Conway, Madison has an affordable housing crisis. We had in uh, Chris Taylor, who is the state representative, and I would say for the area around the airport, and I would say probably the leading critic of the F-35. Yeah, she's a leading critic, yeah. And we also had in at the same time uh, Grant Foster. Who's the alder for, who, who's an alder who's has neighborhoods which are in the sort of the flight path of it. Yeah, and he's my alderman too. So I don't know if his district was gerrymandered or what. I think it because is probably it gerrymandered. Snake all over the place because it's, I'm way over on the east side, southeast side. Yeah. And somehow he has constituents up by the airport. But anyway, I understand their concern for their constituents. I don't, you know, that makes sense to me. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we don't want the F-35s. There's probably people by the airport w- who wouldn't be sad if the F-16 went away. No, absolutely not. Who wants, the jet, who wants that jet flying over their heads? Yeah. Probably nobody. And in fact, when we asked Grant, are you in favor of keeping the F-16s, he wasn't really sure what to answer on that. No, he did not have an answer for that. Um, so I think there is an element of people who just don't want either jet. Yeah. They don't want the one we've had for 
a few decades and they don't want the new one. And I guess I don't blame them. On the other hand, the airport's been there for a long time and so has the military base. Now there's some schools out by there too. And Chris Taylor mentioned that, that she thinks more schools will be affected. One of the big criticisms from the city level is that the sound contour, there are impoverished neighborhoods and schools just outside of this sound contour, which would never qualify for federal dollars for sound mitigation, even though there may be across the street from an area that would. Mm-hmm. But this map is all just kind of arbitrary at this point. Anyway, it's all based on models. So it's not like they're actually putting up data and collecting how loud it is at these various intervals. Yeah, they'd have to do a new map before you'd be able to apply for soundproofing. The people who are really opposed to the F-35s, the way they're framing is it's sort of they're discussing it like we're going from zero to 60 when it comes to the noise. And we're not going from zero to 60. We're going from maybe 55 to 60 when it comes to noise. Maybe we're at 61 already. We actually don't know because we don't have adequate sound data from the area. We don't know how many houses. I mean, the estimate is that there's 300 houses uh, that are currently incompatible near the airport. But we don't know that for a fact right now. Well, and that may be one of Chris Taylor's good points, or best points, I should say. She's saying, well, why don't we wait for a couple years and see what happens in Burlington, Vermont? And I think the answer to that is the military is not going to wait. Yeah. Uh, They're making their decision probably by February, final decision. In reality, the decision is probably already made right now because never, we are told, has the Air Force ever designated a preferred alternative site and then not put planes there. Yeah. So the the possibility that somehow the F-35 is not going to come here is pretty minute. Yeah, because I guess for strategic pur- purposes, the, the Pentagon sees this part and having a base in this part of the country as important to defending Homeland Security. We've both been paying more attention to jets, right? Now that this controversy has popped up, we're seeing them and hearing them. It's funny because the F-16 has been flying over Madison since I've lived here for 15 years. And maybe I notice it once or twice. You're on the near west side. I'm on the near west side. But I, I swear in the last two weeks, I've heard three or four jets go over my head. And I, I'm like, oh, my God, that jet's loud. And I hear it now. And maybe I'm sure it's always been flying over my head. I just wasn't either home or aware of it. And maybe one of the benefits of this is that people are sort of becoming aware of sound issues around the airports. It sounds like we, the airport has not studied how much sound is creating around in its neighborhoods for a long time. It's maybe all of this will get, we'll get some real data and some real information about it. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. You had a cartoon on this. I did have a cartoon on this, yeah. And you were comparing volume in your cartoon. I sure was. I couldn't determine which was louder, the new F-35s or the protests against them. (laughs) If you believe in local journalism and want to support the more than 40 journalists in the Wisconsin State Journal Newsroom, as well as more reporters across the region, go to madison.com slash subscribe now. You can get three months of digital access to all of our publications for just three bucks. That's right, three months for just three bucks. Madison.com slash subscribe now. Thanks. All the music on our podcast is by Tube Tester. To follow or become a fan of Center Stage with Milford and Hands, go to go.madison.com slash center stage.